following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to She Talks Health with Sophie Shepard. Today's woman has a lot of questions about their health and lifestyle choices. But where can you get the right answers? The answer is here and the time is now. Here is your host, Sophie Shepard. Welcome back, ladies, to the She Talks Health radio show. This is your host, Sophie Shepard, functional nutrition practitioner and women's menstrual health coach, coming to you on the Health and Wellness Channel for Voice America. Voice America is the largest live internet radio network in the world. Hello to the U.S. and Canada, and a special shout out to Japan for tuning in last week. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. I'm so grateful to you for that. Truly, truly, it is my pleasure each week to do this show live and to serve you fully in this way. And if you are looking for the latest in women's menstrual and digestive health, please follow me on Instagram or Facebook at She Talks Health. Today, we are going to be exploring the concept behind self-love and why it is as important as ever to support your body by supporting your mind right now. We're going to talk about self-compassion and all that's going on with the anxiety in the world around coronavirus. And to walk us through this concept, I've invited Sean Miner, nutritionist and mindset coach, onto the show. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you so, so much for having me, Sophie. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm so excited for this conversation. I think women around the world truly need to have it. And I thought the best place for us to start would be talking about this connection between, you know, illness and body, things that are showing up in the body and the mind. Because I know you're a big believer in when we support our body, we have to also support our mind. And Mm -hmm. even maybe that the mindset comes before um, healing the body. And you and I both have pretty powerful stories of um, healing from chronic illness. And I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about your amazing health journey and what led you to this conclusion that mindset is so powerful. Yeah. So I think I'll start the story back up about, I guess it was almost five years ago now, maybe a little less. Uh, But I had already done a lot of work on my health. Um, I had changed my diet, really gotten into nutrition, really gotten into physical activity. I was a former personal trainer, now I'm a nutritionist, but it all originally started from having an autoimmune disease. And that really spurred me into wanting to know more about wellness and my body and health and healing and using food as medicine, which was a a fabulous thing, and it worked really well for me. Uh, And then about four and a half, five years ago, I began getting sick again. And no matter what I did, no matter how much I knew about getting healthy, how much research I did, how many Google searches I did, because, you know, we all do that at some point in our health journey, (laughs) uh, I couldn't figure it out. I just kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker. It was like every day I would wake up with another symptom and they're all very random. Uh, They didn't make sense. And it was scary. Uh, Long story short, I eventually, after seeking many practitioners and doctors, found out that it was due to living in toxic mold. So it's like a very actually quite common uh, thing for people to have this um, toxic mold exposure and to get sick from it. Uh, And it's kind of a genetic thing um, that causes a whole range of symptoms. Uh, 
so at that point, I had basically, like my life had completely changed because of how terrible I felt. A lot of times I would get out of bed in the morning and go right back to bed. Mm. Uh, I couldn't work out anymore. Um, I had gained 40 pounds in eight months that just like I couldn't recognize myself in the mirror. I couldn't fit into any of my clothes. My joints hurt. Um, my brain like wasn't functioning and I was a entrepreneur, a business owner. A lot of times couldn't run my business effectively. It was just like things were falling apart drastically. And so at the lowest of my low point, having determined what was going on, have, knowing there was a long road ahead of recovery, but that it was possible, I still was at this point where my mind was just like down in the dumps. I was super negative. I was like distraught. I was angry. I was frustrated. I was mad. I just, and I, at, this, at the time too, I was also like being very mean to myself. You know, I didn't recognize myself in the mirror. I couldn't fit into my clothes. Um, it was just this really downward spiral for me. Uh, and in my mental health and emotional health as well, not just my physical health. So there was just this point where I was going through the protocol um, and I was really just done. Like I was done feeling this way, feeling like um, there was no hope, you know, like that sense of hopelessness. Like, is this ever going to change? Am I ever going to get my life back? And I realized that I just wanted to get going on life again. I wanted to feel excited about life. I wanted to be happy and joyful when I woke up. I wanted to feel comfortable in my skin. And it wasn't there at that point, but it also, I was no longer willing to wait, you know, at this time, you know, a lot of us think like, oh, as soon as X, Y, Z happens, then I can be happy. I'll go have fun. I'll go on a date. I'll go do all this stuff. And I realized it was like this light bulb moment. Like I couldn't keep waiting. I wanted my life back now. I wanted to be happy now. So I made this huge mindset shift and it wasn't overnight. It took a long time and a lot of work to make the mindset shift to where I could get back to enjoying myself and accepting myself and loving myself and appreciating myself and everything that was happening, even though it wasn't how I wanted my story to play out at the time. Of course, now, years later, I'm like, oh, of course it had to be that way. Uh, but um, but I really, I realized that I had to make that switch. And then once I made that switch in my mental and emotional state, my body followed. Like my physical body, my physical health followed along with me. It was like there was no other way. There was no way for me to stay sit in a sick body when I had a healthy mind and soul and spirit and um, an emotional state. So this is when I was like, oh my, and at the time I, I am and, and was a nutritionist and I was helping women with chronic illness as well. And, you know, just these things they couldn't figure out, these symptoms that wouldn't go away. And I realized a common theme was that we were all kind of in that space where we were waiting to feel good before we would accept ourselves. We were waiting to feel good before we could love ourselves. We were waiting to feel good before we would really move on with our lives. And it wasn't, that's not how this works. So that was when I, like, again, another light bulb moment as a goes to my career where it's like, okay, now I know what really needs to be taught, what we really need to be focusing on uh, with this um, kind of health movement and the wellness movement. Yeah, nutrition's 
awesome. Physical activity is great. Sleep is wonderful. Supplements work uh, when we need them. All that stuff. But then also what's going on with your mental and emotional health. And to have that realization in my own life and experience and to see it play out, it was just like, oh my gosh, I know, I know what this is. I know what's going on here. It makes so much sense. Now I need to share it with the world. Oh my goodness. Mic drop, Sean. <laughs> that is incredible. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I, there's so many parts of your story that I resonate with. I mean, I was in the same boat and I also, like you, I healed from chronic illness, Hashimoto's and leaky gut and, you know, the supplements and the protocol worked great and that was fine. And then years later, I ended up having to deal with endometrial cysts that burst and um, endometriosis scares and like all sorts of non-fun things and SIBO and it wouldn't clear up. You know, I went back down the same path I did with the supplements and the nutrition and and all the things and it, it didn't work as much as I wanted it to. And I had to look at that and I realized I had so many trapped emotions from the abuse that I'd been in that I hadn't dealt with. And that's kind of, you know, where I'm at now is I spent the last nine months kind of reprogramming my mind with a subconscious mindset coach, Ani Manian, who I can't wait to have on the phone on the show as well. And it was the same idea that, you know, I want to feel happy now. I don't want to keep waiting for my life to get better. Mm -hmm. And there's always going to be something that comes up, whether it be, you know, uh, a loss of a job or a loss of a parent or a, a health crisis or a pandemic that shuts down mm -hmm. the entire world, right? There's always something. So if we can build the foundation around ourselves to have this mindset shift, then we are more resilient, I, I think. And I love that you shared how important this was for such a big deal. I mean, mold, for people who don't know who are listening, having this kind of mold exposure can kind of shut your body down for yes. years. I mean, and it's hard to, like you said, it's hard to find what it actually is. So, mm -hmm. wow, 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 wow. This is so incredible. You know what I think is so interesting about your story that you just shared, and I did this myself and I see this with so many women, is when things start falling apart again, you go back to doing the same <laughs> thing. You think the same thing is going to work again. And yep. it doesn't, it quite often doesn't, you know, you think, and I was, it was the same way. Like I was already eating such a healthy, nutritious diet. And I was like, okay, well now I just need to eat healthier. I just need to eliminate more foods. I just need to get more strict. <laughs> um, you know, and it was like, I can, I just need to take more supplements. Like I was taking handfuls of supplements yeah. thinking that it was that. And it's, it's not that, uh, and that we just go to that. It's almost at this point, it's like, that's our quick fix. We would rather just take out more foods or take more supplements than try to figure out what really the underlying cause uh, or really the thing keeping you out of balance is, which like you mentioned, those trapped emotions, I mean, that is a real thing that causes real um, health issues, you know, like unexplained health issues. Absolutely. And I mean, we'll just talk, um, frankly, I have clients who succeed and clients who succeed less. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think they still get the benefits, right? Because they are doing the nutrition and they're doing the supplements, but you know, you can do that to your blue in the face, but if you don't deal with the uh, emotional component of your uh, health crisis, your, your situation, your symptoms, quite honestly, you're only going to get so far. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just vital. And I see, you know, I just was voxering. I voxer with my clients, you know, on the radio, mm -hmm. uh, radio network, or not radio network, the walkie talkie. Uh, we're on the radio network. Um, and, <laughs> um, and I was just so 
it was so great to wake up to one, one client today saying how she, you know, she's looking at how can she make gluten-free bread at home? You know, she bought a car so she can go for hikes with her family. She's, in, you know, got an app. So she's doing these little sprint runs and, and walks just so she can get out of the house and clear her head. You know, she's, we created some rituals around sitting and thinking time where she can buffer from her workday to her, her sleep time. And, and so she can really sit and think about what's going on in her life because she wasn't creating any of that before. And I was mm. thinking about her journey and I'm like, wow, she's only, you know, two months into working with me and she's fully getting the fact that she has to spend this time, not just popping supplements, right, or eating kale, but also creating buffers in her life to um, let go of what's coming up in her day or to process the emotions that are coming up and that that's the real work, so. That's the full circle holistic health that we're seeking. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. So for, for those of us who are not in, you know, one-on-one coaching programs with someone who does this work, I know that right now in the world, at least in the world of being an entrepreneur, and we'll just bring it to present because I think a lot of people are just thinking about coronavirus, right? Yeah. And how does this relate? And I know you and I share this. I was listening to your, uh, one of your podcasts on the, uh, the Unstuck podcast around self-compassion and you were explaining how in the world of being an entrepreneur right now, and I felt this too, there is this expectation to go, go, go. If you're not using this time right now to up-level your business and show up fully, then you are a failure. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so I think we're all um, being pushed to run a little faster depending on where you are in, in the business world. And, you know, right up until about two weeks ago, um, I was doing the same thing until I couldn't get out of bed Mm. because my neck and shoulders were in such bad pain that I had to ask my partner to get me out of bed. And so it took several days of pain and ice and heat and muscle relaxers and rest and chiropractic and acupuncture to get me back to a place where I could even turn my head. And, you know, I had to ask myself, why am I here? What do I want to do about this so this doesn't happen again? And this is one small way that my body was telling me to slow down. So I think a lot of people are drowning in this, like you said in one of your podcast descriptions, this sea of expectations, this thing that we should be doing and going. And I mean, I feel like I'm walking proof of every time I've tried to do that, my body says, "Uh, no, Sophie, you need to slow down. And I know you've had this experience too. So how do we combat this? How do we ease into this? How, what do we do in the sea of shoulding um, yeah. so that we don't end up in a place like me where you're taken out for an entire week and having to spend hundreds of dollars on chiropractic? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it, you know, a lot of us, we don't even realize that's what we're doing or that's what's going through our head until you're at that point where you can't get out of bed or you like just collapse into a sea of tears and you're like, nope, it, or you're like you blow up at your kids or, you know, some sort of end point where, like you said, it's your body saying, slow down. This is not how this is supposed to go. You are, you're kind of, um, we need to take a little check here on what's really going on. Uh, so that is, of course, a place that maybe we don't need to get to. And if you just keep this level of awareness, so as I mentioned in the podcast I did, and like you said, I was also in this place where when we started the stay-at-home order and you know everything shut down, it was like everywhere I looked, it was like, you need to be up-leveling your business, you need to be serving your 
uh, customers, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing that. And then, you know, I see it also with uh, women who are trying to homeschool their kids and then also working from home <laughs> and then, you know, it, trying to keep the regular stuff going on at home. It's like all of a sudden we're, tr- we're trying to do everything. And I felt that too. It was like this heaviness that fell over me when it was like, yeah, we have more time, I guess most of us technically right now, but that it doesn't feel, it feels even more frantic. And I, you know, luckily I was kind of in that zone. And then luckily I was able to bring this awareness to it before it got to a point because I'm the same as you, Sophie. If I push myself too hard physically, like I can't, I can't, <laughs> my body literally shuts down. Absolutely. And so I, I was able to feel that awareness of it beforehand. I was able to kind of, you know, what I like to think of it is I have almost two of me. Like I can see myself, like I kind of, I know this is going to be sound really weird, but it really works. I kind of <laughs> I like well, weird here. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I can kind of see that crazy side of me, that voice, which I call inner mean girl, that doesn't shut up that tells me I have to be doing all this, that I should be doing this better, that I should be working all the, you know, being as productive as I possibly can, all the shoulds. I kind of see that as someone other than me, you know, other than this centered, whole, connected, peaceful being. And that there's just, it's just talk. It's just chatter. It's this constant chatter. Um, It's often negative, right? And it's often kind of making us feel these negative emotions, typically comes with stress too. So if you can see like, okay, my mind is going nuts right now. My inner mean girl's out. She's shouting from the rooftops, but I actually don't have to agree with her. I can choose to disagree and I can choose to instead accept myself and respect what I need and respect what feels good to me and get back to me uh, as my, um, you know, this person, this, this being that I love. So it was really just finding that point where I could stop myself, see it for what it was. So I, this is what I call awareness. It's like 75% of the overall mindset puzzle is just getting more aware of what you're thinking, what emotions come from those thoughts and how it's contributing to your life, how it's causing these actions, you know? And so I think, I think that's a, a big piece to it. But when we talk about compassion and self-compassion, all it really is, uh, is um, treating yourself, responding to yourself, that inner mean girl, the way you would your best friend. Like, what would you say to your best friend? Before you got to that point where you were running yourself ragged and, um, you know, if you could have stopped yourself a few days before, you couldn't get out of bed mm-hmm. and just been like, okay, so if my best friend called me up right now and said, I'm feeling this, this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm spending my time, blah, 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 blah. What would I say to her? Yeah. You would, you would say, Hey, Sophie, slow down, take a few days off, go Mm -hmm. for a walk, take a nap, go eat, go make an amazing meal and eat it. You know, like what fills your cup? Go do something like that. You're about to run yourself ragged. Right. I think there's a couple things I want to go back to because this is such juicy information and I think it can get passed off as not important. You Mm -hmm. said something before we get into the best friend, because I think that's really important. You said, I can respect me. I can get back to me. 
I think that this is something that as women, we are not taught. What does that even mean? How do I know what me is? Because I have been overgiving to everyone except for me my entire life. And I've been taught by society that that is what is expected and that if I'm not doing and going and providing something, nurturing something for people, then I am not of value and therefore I'm a failure. That is, I mean, when I, when I sit with clients one-on-one and I, we really get into where their anxiety is coming from and where that's where it goes down to. You know, yeah. I'm not going to be a value or I'm going to be alone or, and so I think that's really important to go down into the, to the roots of where this is coming from. And when we talk about getting back to me, I'm just curious, you know, this self-compassion, you're going down this path, which I love. Is that also linked into getting back to me? Like, how do we cultivate or even maybe take our first steps understanding what it is to get back to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Who am I if I'm not serving and being a nurturer for other people? Um, yeah, I mean, at, at the very basis of a human experience is you, who you are right now, today, in this moment. Because, again, um, I don't know, some people, I don't know how, quote unquote, woo-woo your, your crowd is, but... You know, I, I find it we'll very, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I find it very important to really get to this place where you do understand that you as a being are here right now as a whole being, as this experience, you know? So um, that's really where you can connect with me, you know? So, so like I said, we have this inner mingerless constant chatter and that can be seen if that's just coming from your mind. That's just chatter that's coming from your mind that is actually coming from your beliefs. Those beliefs that I have to be go, go, going all the time or I'm not, um, you know, going to be deserving of anything I receive. There's endless amounts of stories that we can tell ourselves and that comes out in that constant chatter. But again, like I said, that is a separate part of you. It's a part of you, yes, but it's a separate part of you. And you can kind of see if you really look at it, like, okay, yes, I, that's what's going on in my head, but that's not me. And uh, you are the, this wonderful, amazing soul that has a purpose here on life, in life, and uh, is, deserves, I guess, love and respect and care and attention and acceptance and, and all that stuff that you're so busy giving to other people, you need to bring it back to yourself. And I think we probably have heard this in the past, but it really truly is what we need to understand and accept about ourselves. We really do need to nurture ourselves first before we can put out that effort into the world, before we can give to others. And it's so lost. It's so lost. Like you mentioned, just from a very young age, we're taught not really to feel, not to go inward, not to understand ourselves, but instead to always be looking outside for approval, looking outside for attention, looking outside for love. But it starts within us ourselves. And so I just love to see women really, truly get to know themselves again. And that's what I'm doing with, in my practice with women who are in their 50s, 60s, who are just 
now actually understanding who they are, what they need, what they desire, what their dreams are, what their purpose is. And it's so beautiful to see because these are women that have probably spent, you know, 30, 40 years being moms, being partners, being wives, and giving, giving, giving of themselves without actually ever ever really knowing themselves and never really putting that effort into themselves. So it's so great to see women go back into themselves. And I know it may seem a little difficult to be like, what is she even talking about between, you know, ourselves and this voice? But I think really the path into it is the self-love, is the self-acceptance and starting to really understand what it feels like to truly take care of yourself, not just the nutrition and the supplements and doing the testing and going for walks, but like really, truly nurture every part of yourself. Um, And that's when you can start making that connection is when you really can see the difference. But it's, it's so important. It's so important. You will feel such a shift because then you will, will truly be able to care for others and care for and nurture them and, and love them because of that internal energy that you have created for yourself. You will naturally be able to have all that energy for others. And it, it's like, it's not depleting. You know, it's exciting you, it's energizing you, it's not depleting you because you have that internally as well for yourself. Wow. Love it. Love it, Sean. And yeah, I, I mean, I was going to ask you at some point in the show, you know, what do we say to all the women out there who think they don't have time to nurture themselves, to show themselves self-compassion? And you you answered the question before I could even answer or ask it because this is something that's so... Um, it's just rampant amongst women, I think specifically. And I know that I was feeling that too, when I was kind of unable to show up fully last week and the week before for my clients, I was thinking, well, what happens with them when I can't show up? And if I don't show myself this, this um, compassion and this love and this nurturing, then I can't give, I can't play it, pay it forward. You know, Mm -hmm. I went to my acupuncturist last week, um, and down here, I'm down here in Jacksonville, um, kind of waiting out the coronavirus because uh, I live in New York City. And I went to this new acupuncturist who would see me, and she's really wonderful. And she said to me, you know, you're a Vata type from Ayurveda, mm-hmm. and she said, you know, you're kind of you're light and 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 running around, and you have to ground yourself and like you know get get back in your body, do yoga, get in nature, you know. Um, color, do artwork, you know, and it was so funny because the times that I feel the best are when I'm in nature, when I'm coloring or, you know, when I'm doing something with my body where I'm kind of grounded. And so if you feel like you're also maybe a Vata type where you're kind of running around like that and you need some grounding, uh, I know that those few tips are, are what I um, kind of landed on. And when we, we were about to take a break, but when we get back from the break, uh, Sean and I are going to talk about some, some t- tools that you, that you guys can use to kind of combat this anxiety, combat the shoulds, combat the, you know, the, the running around, the <laughs> craziness that we create. And we're also going to dive into what it truly means to have self-love Uh, and why it's not just about bubble baths and face masks. So uh, when we get back from the break, we'll we'll dive into that, give you guys some more tools. Sean, thanks so much for the first half, and I, I can't wait to talk more when we get back from the break. Thank you. 
your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Sophie Shepard is a functional nutrition practitioner and founder of SHE. Sophie helps busy women all over the world go from hormonal chaos to optimal hormonal alignment so they can live their lives fully without being held back by their bodies. Using the power of functional lab testing combined with life-changing mindset shifts and integrating the entire body's system. If the only thing holding you back is your health, it's time to stop letting hormonal chaos run your world. Book your health discovery call today by going to SheTalksHealth.com. Are you done medicating and guessing your way through the exhaustion, pain, and irritability caused by hormonal and digestive health issues? Sophie Shepard, founder of SHE, will help you go from symptom-ridden and confused to finally having clarity about how your hormones work and confidence in your health strategy in just 10 days. If you are ready to stop living with no energy, brain fog, anxiety, digestive issues, and painful periods, then check out the 10-Day Digestive and Hormone Reboot at SheTalksHealth.com. We're on the pulse of the world with great shows and hosts. The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel is also on Twitter. We've got ideas to keep you healthy, breaking health news, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Voice AM Health. That's at Voice AM Health. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to She Talks Health. If you have a question or comment about the show, send an email to sophie at she-nyc.com. That's sophie at she-nyc.com. Now back to She Talks Health. Welcome back, ladies, to the She Talks Health radio show on Voice America. If you have been resonating with this episode so far, please make sure to go and give us five stars and shoot us a comment on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast listening platform. And I'll be sure to answer and respond to it on next week's episode. I absolutely love to hear from you. So please leave us a comment or a question and I'm happy, happy, happy to answer it. So before the break, we were chatting with Sean Miner, nutritionist and mindset coach, all about her personal health story going through many ups and downs with her health and getting involved in mindset work to support the healing of her body. We discussed self-compassion and how we can uh, lean into this even more now that we're all sitting in various kinds of quarantine during the coronavirus pandemic. And we are going to move into an important topic of self-love and also some practical tips around how you can cultivate more self-love, self-compassion, and perhaps get through these challenging times so that you are fortified and resilient no matter what's going on in, in your life. So I, um, I actually included a quote in my description of, from today from one of my clients. She is a 34-year-old female with um, polycystic ovarian syndrome, Hashimoto's, and prediabetes. And she said something to the effect of, I thought self-love was all bubble baths and face masks, something indulgent and egotistical. And then I realized it could save my life. Yeah. Wow. It's true. Yeah. 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 And I think that at the risk of alienating people, there's a theory that I've been thinking about, which is that, you know, our, 
our health issues are, are sometimes a result of our self-love issues, meaning that yeah. when in my case, you know, like when we see the warning signs and we continue to push past them because we think, oh, everyone has a symptom. Everyone has something going on, back pain, digestion, anxiety, insomnia. That's just like, I just have that. That's fine. But it's really your body saying, hey, I need some love. I need some compassion. I need something from you, um, even if it's to do nothing. You know, we live in a society that doesn't place a lot of stock in learning how to love ourselves or what that even means. Mm-hmm. So I would love to hear from you because I know we talked about this, that this idea that self-love is, is not just bubble baths and face masks. That's, you know, not the only thing that's involved. And I know that on your Unstock podcast, you had an episode early on called Debunking Self-Love and 13 Ways to Get More of It. And I absolutely love this. Could you explain for us what you believe self-love is and why it's a non-negotiable? Yeah, I mean, I have to say, to be totally honest, I was in the same kind of boat as your client thinking also, you know, this was back a few years ago, that if I loved myself, that meant I was egotistical, that meant I was self-centered. You know, I had this feeling, I'm like, I can't, I can't love myself because that would mean that I'm like, you know, like I can't do that. I have to basically hate myself, (laughs) which is kind of in the... It was it was a, an environment in which I grew up with my friend circle. Like we just talked poorly about ourselves and pretended to hate ourselves, which I think we actually really did. And so that's what I took into my adult life. And so it wasn't until, like I mentioned, I got to that point, the lowest of lows with my health journey that I realized that's what I needed the most is I needed to squash that negative chatter, that negative self-talk, looking at myself in the mirror and scrutinizing everything, um, hating that I couldn't live the life I wanted, that I couldn't be, it couldn't feel as quote unquote smart as I wanted because I had brain fog, all this stuff. I just, it was like constant, Mm. right? And so, you know, I'm so grateful that I had that moment to realize what was missing. And for me, it, it all stems back to love. There's a lot of, you know, kind of branches, I think, of self-love. I think self-compassion is a branch of self-love. Self-respect is a branch of self-love. Acceptance is a branch of self-love. But it all comes back to this unconditional love that you have for yourself no matter what, no matter what your physical body looks like, no matter what your job is, no matter if you're single or married, no matter if you have kids or not, you know, like all this external stuff It's just stuff because you are so centered and so loving and so respecting and and valuing yourself so much that you love yourself unconditionally. And that is extremely, extremely hard for women to do because of how we've been taught. Because we've been taught that we need to look a certain way to be loved, we need to be a certain weight to be accepted you know, it's just, there's just so much coming in from external factors, our media, um, the magazines. When I was growing up, I used to read all the fitness magazines and all that stuff. And that just like was drilled into my head. Uh, social media these days is a huge culprit, really triggers us uh, quite often. So we have a hard time um, just going inside and learning more about ourselves and honoring ourselves and the human that we are today, right now, in this moment, not a year from now, not a week from now, 
or not what we were last week or the year before. Who we are today, where we're at today. So for me, and I, I think hopefully just by that, you can see that it's not, has nothing to do with um, being self-centered or being egotistical or any of those things that I think a lot of us think. It's not narcissistic. It's not selfish. It's, it's probably the most selfless thing that you can do. Again, if we go back to that idea that when you take care of yourself and when you love yourself and respect yourself, you can much easier project that out into the world without even, with zero effort. You, it just comes naturally, right? And so you're filling your cup from that place. So yeah, um, other kinds of self-love, I think, is also just learning more about yourself. And kind of we talked about that a little bit already to where we've given so much of ourselves to other people that we've completely detached from who we actually are, what we enjoy, what we need, what we value. Um, so getting back to that and learning more about that, you know, like if you love to color, like you, you mentioned, <laughs> acupuncture just told you to color. If you love to color and that's something that you want to do to make you feel good, then do it. You know, like doing these kinds of random things that make you feel really good. I think also standing up for yourself is a part of loving yourself. Um, I don't think enough Absolutely. of us do that. Oh, I don't no. think enough, I don't think enough of us say no to things that don't feel right, don't feel um, like a good fit. We just constantly do. We never say no. We just constantly do, do, do. So, um, and and also I think that goes along with um, you know. So like, you know, one of my tips for self-love is to start saying no more. <laughs> but it also goes for you know how we're. Um, being talked to and how we, we feel and being able to um, effectively communicate how we feel and standing up for our emotions and standing up for our needs. Like, we don't do that. We don't, I don't, I th again, I think a lot of us don't even know we have needs and all of us don't even know we have emotions that need to be expressed. We just stuff it all. We just um, take it all in and continue to focus on the external world. So yeah, I think really? It, I think that's, that's really, if you just, again, kind of similar to self-compassion where we're talking to ourselves like we would a best friend, with self-love, you're treating yourself like you would someone you love unconditionally, whether that's your partner, your kids, your parents, your grandparents, whoever you love unconditionally, all of those feelings that you have for that person, everything that you would do for that person, also do for yourself. Yes, I love all these tips. And I think, oh, man, this is such good stuff. I think that <laughs> as women, we don't realize how important this is. This is truly a non-negotiable that without this, we, we kind of, we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot, right? Mm -hmm. uh, how do we, in this, in this world where there's a lot of shooting, as we mentioned earlier in the show, um, how do we make this something enjoyable and something we want to do and look forward to instead of something on our to-do list, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It does because I think that's actually, you know, I teach mindset and I try to get women to create a mindset practice that they do every day. And honestly, it's almost like pulling teeth to try to get women to make time for this because it is just like, okay, now I just have to spend 15 minutes you know, meditating and writing in my journal, this is just one more thing I have to do for the day. Mm -hmm. 
Now going yeah. back to, you know, a I lot get of that it. a lot too. Yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, again, it's, it's going back to what you said earlier. It's a lot easier to just to pop a supplement um, totally. than to sit for 15 minutes and think about how you're feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's challenging and, and it's tough work sometimes, you know, to really try to understand like, why do, why am I thinking that? Where did that thought come from? Why do I have this emotion? Why am I feeling angry or sad or frustrated? Where's all this coming from? It's kind of, it's just easier almost to try another diet, right? Absolutely. But, um, but it's such, oh, it's such important work. It's such life-changing work. And the great thing about self-love, which I think is a wonderful place for people to start with all of this, is that all of it is going to make you feel really good. I mean, even a 10 minute meditation, when you come out of it, you're like, oh my God, I feel amazing. But it's so hard to do that, you know, to get into that 10 minutes, right? Totally. Um, it's, it's almost like, you know, with the people that have, don't like working out or don't like, you know, doing something like that. It's like, you don't feel like going to the gym, but then once you're there, you're like, oh, this is great. Um, it's the same kind of thing. And I often call mindset work the mental gym because it, it's, it can be challenging. Sometimes you don't want to do it, but you're so glad you did. And it really, truly is life-changing. Um, so I don't remember what the original question was, but I think, it, I think, no, I think it's good. I think it, you're being realistic. I mean, I was kind of asking, how do we make this not just something else on our to-do yeah, list? Okay, and, that's right. you know, I'm thinking about it for myself too. And I'm thinking back to what you said about your, you know, you were, when you were struggling again with your sickness and not knowing that it was mold, it's like, okay, I'm just going to do this protocol harder. I'm just going to do mm -hmm. this supplement thing harder. And I've been kind of dealing with that too, with my own health and thinking, okay, I have, ugh, there's this other thing that I have to do now and I need to do more supplements. I need to do this thing. And so, and then, but one of the things that's coming up on my labs is, you know, that stress is playing a big part in my, um, in my sleep and my hormones, um, in my digestion and always has, right. It always, always has my anxiety gut health hormone connection is like very fiercely strong. And it's something that I always have to work on. And sometimes I feel like I'm dragging my feet in, in, and not wanting to do it. And so, um, but you're right. It, when you do it, you feel so much better. So maybe right. it's just that we just have to choose to opt in. Yeah, exactly. We're ready. <laughs> and it's, it's so much just like anything else. It's building a habit around it, you know, like do it for, you know, make the commitment to, do, you know, feel into yourself, do what feels good for you. I mean, in this case, self-love, sometimes we're just asking you to say no, like I said, to say no to something or to take a nap instead of going um, and doing another workout or uh, going for a walk in nature versus going to the gym, which I know we're not going to the gym right now, but you know, that kind of thing yeah. where you're really just honoring yourself. You're really truly connected with yourself and your intuition. And it's, it's just simple things that actually don't take that much more time. In fact, they probably are going to give you some time but it's more so the hard part comes in because we have to break the conditioning of like, I can't take a nap in the middle of the day. I've got to be productive. Uh, I have to go to the gym five days a week. I have to do this. I'm, I Absolutely. should be doing it, It's breaking that conditioning and really honoring yourself. I love this. And I want to jump in with some uh, functional nutrition science around, around this for women who are menstruating. Um, you know, I am this is full. I just say whatever I want to say. I'm like four days away from getting my period. So I'm pretty tired and mm -hmm. that's normal. Mm -hmm. Ladies, you don't need to be going hard at the gym right before and during your period. 
So if you are, you know, in a, in a cycle like that and you think that, you know, working out really hard five days a week is the only way for you to lose weight and look good and that's the way that you're going to get love, let me tell you, you're working against yourself. You know, our bodies are different. And if you want more information on that, I would check out Dr. Beth Westy's episode with me on that. Um, I think I see this too for women specifically. We think that we have to do these specific things every single day. Like I need to eat this very specific way. I need to work out for an hour at the gym. And actually in order to feel and look our best, we have to adjust with our, our cycling hormones. If you're, if you are someone who's cycling. So I just, that just came to mind when you were saying like work out five times, uh, five times and instead of taking a nap, like this is the time when I should be taking a nap, you know, in two weeks from now, I'm going to have way more energy and then I'll honor that. So I like what you're saying. It's like getting in tune with the body and what it needs. So you, you came up with a bunch of different ideas for people. Is this kind of where you would start is, you know, kind of taking a moment to get in tune with what you want and then actioning, you know, a walk in the park or a nap or a journal. Is that, is that where you would start with women or what, where can people kind of um, take what you're, you're talking about and apply it to their lives? Yeah. I mean, like I said, um, most of this kind of work is just about building awareness and that's really the best place to start is just becoming more interested in yourself and who you are and what you prefer and what you like to do, what you don't like to do, what feels good, what doesn't feel good, uh, what brings you joy, what doesn't. And this goes with everything. This goes with nutrition, um, what time you go to bed, what time you wake up, the workouts you do, um, your hobbies, these kinds of things. Just become more interested and more aware of you like I said, you as, as this human, not that negative chatter, but you. And I think that's the first step. And then the second step in this awareness piece is to just start being more aware when you do, because we all do, every single one of us has that negative chatter, has that inner mean girl. When you do, when you notice her, because now we've kind of bridged that gap to where you can see that there's a, this thing talking constantly. So when you get to that point where you can kind of see that inner mean girl, get more curious about her too. What is she saying? Why is she saying it? How long have you been saying that to yourself? Where does that come from? And like what emotion does that bring up? Because if we can start seeing a little bit more about those stories that we're telling ourselves every moment, of every day, if we can start seeing those in a little different light, it really opens the door to bring in this compassion, to bring in this love and respect and acceptance and all these things that we really need to apply to ourselves. Um, Because we can see that it's just a story, that we're basically just making things up, that there's no truth behind what we tell ourselves most of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not facts. They're just things that we're just talking about. You know, it's like we're gossiping with ourselves. So you can kind of see what's been going on in your head, what's been driving you. And, you know, you talked talked about stress. And I think, you know, stress is, I think you'll agree in women is such a strong indicator of your health. Like so many health issues, (laughs) so many symptoms. I know for sure that the reason I got sick with an autoimmune disease, my first kind of bout with serious illness was because of my stress. It wasn't because of what I was eating. It wasn't because of how I was exercising. It was because I was so stressed out. Same. So, you know, thinking about that 
And when you, so stress is, of course, its own thing, but then also when you trace it back to where that stress is coming from, it's again, rooted in these stories and these stories causing you an emotion. Like I can't take a nap in the middle of the day. I'm supposed to be productive. So then when you need to rest, you're not resting when your body's like, please just lay down for 15 minutes and you ignore that and you keep going, keep going, keep going. What does that do? It makes you stressed out. It makes your body stressed out because you're going against it. So it's like, if we just have a little bit more awareness and a little bit more insight into what our body is telling us to do and honoring that, it's like, ta-da, maybe we can bypass some of these symptoms or maybe some of these symptoms can be resolved a lot quicker without having to take more supplements, without having to take out another food group, you know? So it's just, it's so important. And and I know it seems like, oh my gosh, I don't even know where I'm going to get started. Just, just start being more curious. That's all it takes. Mm. And it snowballs from there. I love this. And some, something that may be helpful for, for those type A women who are listening mm. is one of my coaches said to me last year, I never forget this. He, so he, he knew that I wouldn't do the work for myself, right? So he said, okay, um, what would you say to your client? Let's call her Rachel. Um, where, what would you say to Rachel, who's constantly stressed out and not spending enough time with herself? What would you say to her? And I said, well, I, I'd probably tell her to, to create some time in her day for herself. And oh, okay, good. Well, what would she do in that time? I said, well, she'd probably journal. Cause like for me, mm. that's just what I think of. And he said, oh, well, what would she journal about? And I said, I don't really know. And he, he said, well, maybe she would journal about what one thing would make today a win mm. or what, you know, uh, what she truly needed in the day. Mm-hmm. And I, I like this because it, kind of it kind of ties up to what you're saying about getting curious. It's like, if we slowed everything down and we just got back to essentials, it's like, what? why instead of 17 things that we need to get done in the day, why don't we just make, if we got one thing done, mm-hmm. that would make today a success? Or asking ourselves what we truly need. Do we need that nap? Do we need to go for a high powered run? Do we need to get a breath of fresh air or put our face in the sun? You know, what do we need and making sure we create time for it. Um, And so I've been trying to do that. It's not, again, it's definitely a practice that I'm still working on. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not a master like you are, but, um, but if, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're trying to get curious, there are certain questions I think you could ask yourself to maybe get the ball rolling and, just think these simple things. And, and then, you know, maybe at the end of the day, you look at them and you think, okay, like, like just observations, right? I mean, that's the other thing is just observing where you are. And if you are somebody who forgets things like I do, write it down <laughs> or <laughs> meditate on it or whatever. Go for yeah, a think about it. I'm, I'm glad you brought up journaling because it's one of my two favorite practices, meditation being the first journaling being the second, being able to do them together is amazing. Um, But it's two things that I do every single day, no matter what, and it helps my day so much. And really for those women who think they don't have time to do those things, I can tell you with 100% certainty that if you spend 15 minutes doing those time, doing those things, you will get more time in your day. Because you will be, your rest of your day will flow so much smoother. You'll be doing things with purpose. Your mind will be clear. It's just, it brings, like, I can't even tell you how much more work I get done in a shorter period of time if I meditate and journal first thing in the day. So if you think you don't have time, I would just 
suggest you give it a try and then see for yourself. Um, and one of the things, you know, to bring up, like if we're starting this whole awareness work, one of the things I love to recommend people do from the very start is so that inner mean girl voice, write down what she says. Like Ooh, okay. go, to your, go to your journal because a lot of people, I feel like they have a hard time, especially if they have never journaled before, or it's been a while, they have a hard time figuring out what to say. Like, what am I supposed to journal about? I don't, I have nothing to, I'm, they got nothing. But your mind is still going. Your mind is going a mile a minute, no matter what you're doing. So um, see if they, if you can just start by just letting it all out. It's brain dump type situation. I call it free writing. Whatever comes up, write it down. And then you can start seeing like, okay, this is what my mind says. It's clearly not true. Where is this coming from? Do I, can I choose something that feels a little better? That's a really good place to start. I love this. So we're wrapping up today. Um, and where can people find you to, if they want some support in doing this awareness work? Yeah. So I do this kind of work over on my podcast. It's called Unstuck. New episodes come out every week. And I also, you can find more information on my website, which is seanminer.com and over on Instagram, which is also seanminer. Amazing. So we've been talking for the past hour with Sean Miner, who's a nutritionist and mindset coach, all about her personal journey through her health and how getting involved in mindset work has changed her life for the better. She's been encouraging us to make sure to have some time for self-love and self-compassion, what those things even mean and how we can practically apply them. Um, if you've missed any part of this episode, please go back and watch it. I think this was super, super valuable. And um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you to Sean for coming on the show today. I know you're very busy with your own business and your own podcast. So thank you. Yeah, it was great. I'm glad to yeah. be here. Yeah. And I think we can definitely do like part two and all these things down yes. the line. And uh, I hope you guys will join us on next uh, next week's show. It'll be 11 a.m. on Tuesday. I'm actually going to be interviewing Dr. Erica Gray, the founder of Toolbox Genomics, who will be on the show to talk to us about how our genetics play a role in disease and symptom manifestation and what exact tools we can leverage in our health to mitigate these symptoms and diseases. So I think this is really powerful because we can combine this with what Sean's talking about, right? These are all different tools we and levers we can pull in our health and together when we combine them, um, like I do one-on-one -on -one with my six-month uh, program clients, this is where we see real change, right? We, we gather the data, we work on the self-love, we infuse the nutrition, the sleep, all of those things. And this is where we make huge, huge changes, regardless of what the disease is in most cases, like Sean dealing with mold, like Sean and I both dealing with autoimmune disease. These are things that we can work through. So uh, I invite you to come back on the show tomorrow, learn a little bit more about the geeky science behind genetics. And thank you again for tuning in. This is Sophie Shepard, host of She Talks Health, signing off for uh, the week. Thank you for joining us this week for She Talks Health. Please join Sophie Shepard again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time for another episode of our show on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week.